Because you can handle the truth. Welcome to Healing with Dr. Daniels. It is September 1st, 2019. My, how time flies. All right, so today's topic is the FDA says it's deadly. <laughs> and your doctor's still doing it. What is up with that? Not only that, the FDA hasn't even told your doctor to stop doing it. They're like, well, you know, it's deadly. It's killed a few people. Uh, we're going to wait till the industry gets uh, something else to sell. We don't want to take away a product that uh, there's no substitute for. I, you know, I, I can understand that. <laughs> so before we delve uh, deeper into this, let's see if we can't. Go say hi to Facebook. People always say, Dr. Diaz, why don't you just add Facebook first? Because the intro music, Facebook doesn't like, and then they just cut everything off and shut everything down. All right, so let's give it a go. It amazes me how much quicker things supposedly are. And uh, how many clicks we have to do these days to get things done. I think it's the metadata. That's what I say. All right. We got a click here. It's taking us to Facebook. We got a button. Do we have a button? Oh, my God, we have a button. We're going to hit a button. And here we are. What a miracle. All right. So, now this is not anything against the FDA. I just want to be clear. Uh, this is just information for you to be aware of. In the event, you should decide to uh, follow whatever it is that your doctor might recommend. So, as usual, where do we get our information? Well, from the medical industrial complex itself. I mean, we wouldn't want to go on rumors, would we? Heck no. We want to get the facts. And so what better place than a source that is totally biased in favor of the medical industrial complex? Yep. That is, uh, that is it. And so, as always, what happened was I uh, got the usual email <laughs> Sent to all doctors, so if your doctor wants to know, uh, you know, you can just check his inbox, and he'll know what you know. And um, so now we'll share with you what we think, we hope, your doctor already knows because, of course, well, he got the email.
I have to go back and find the email somehow. I misplaced it. We're going to find the email. Now the interesting thing, again, is that uh, this information is out there. It's, you know, readily available. And the 6 o'clock news just doesn't seem to be aware of it. Now, I did a show that touched on this um, actually a few years back. And a lot of times doctors will say, well, you know, we've got to take a look. We've got to get in there and we've got to take a look. Uh, so we can see what it is. And many people... Uh, think that taking a look is like, well, it's like taking a picture with your cell phone, you know. The person that you're taking a picture of isn't going to drop dead, you know, just because, well, you took a look. And so it turns out that when your doctor takes a look, <laughs> it's not just some simple uh, trivial a peak, like when a person, say, pulls back a curtain or opens a door or uh, takes a picture with, like I said, with a cell phone. No, 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 no. So it says post, oh, this is colonoscopy, oh, endoscopy, infection rates are higher than thought. And so they thought that people were getting infected, but they didn't realize it was like that bad. And using data from emergency departments and inpatient claims, that means the patient was harmed and sued somebody, from six states in 2014, um, these doctors identified 462,000 screening colonoscopies And in the, in the comparison group, they identified 647,000 screening mammographies and other screening tests that didn't involve invasion. Okay. So at seven days, there were 1.1 infection-related emergency department visits per 1,000 screening colonoscopies. And 1.6 per non-screening colonoscopies and three per thousand for endoscopies. And so today we're going to talk more about the endoscopies. Three per thousand is a pretty high number when you think that we're getting all excited about infant mortality, which is now down to three point something per thousand. So basically you can think of post-endoscope infection is like infant mortality. It's about the same level of concern. But we hear a lot about infant mortality and nothing about these infections that are caused solely, completely, because the person had this test. So these rates were five times higher than the rate for screening mammography, and up to two times that for prostate screening. Now, we know prostate screening causes uh, infections, because especially when they do a biopsy, 
they pierce from the colon, tracking bacteria into the prostate. Now, among those unplanned post-procedure uh, visits, two-thirds required hospitalizations. So get this. You take a 1,000 people perfectly healthy, you do a procedure, and you create at least one or two additional visits. So you have a 1,000 people who get a test, which costs more or less $4,000. All right, so now you've got uh, $4 million of revenue. Yeah, that's good. But now you get a bonus. You get two hospitalizations out of the deal, which will each be about ten dollars to $20,000. And so if the screening was never done, those uh, one or two hospital beds per thousand would never be filled. Now, you screen the whole population, which is uh, in the United States, 330 million, more or less, then you create 340,000 hospital admissions that year that would never have happened. So... It's uh, this. This is this is you know pretty good uh, pretty good work here. So now E. coli, which is the normal bacteria that sits in the colon, C. difficile, which is known to be deadly. They still don't quite understand C. difficile because C. difficile just shows up. Usually it's an antibiotic complication, but who knows? And staph species were the most common organisms associated with infection. Now. What happens is the colonoscopes are highly specialized instruments which have lots of parts and pieces. And so when you have a part or piece put together with another part or piece, there's something inside called an interface. And when you use this endoscope on one human being, their waste, their bacteria, gets stuck in that interface. Then you attempt to clean that instrument and, oops, it doesn't get as clean as you had hoped. And you don't get every last bacteria out. So literally, you're carrying bacteria from one individual to another using this endoscope, a.k.a. Uh, fomites. So, <coughs> as uh, recently as 2015... they started counting the deaths. And so this is from medtechdive.com, and it says contaminated duodenoscopes. That means they put the scope through your mouth, through your stomach, into your small intestine. That's your duodenum small intestine. Linked to three new deaths and 45 more infections, FDA says. So an FDA analysis of medical device reports received between October 15, 2018, in March 2019, not even a full year, found three reports of deaths, 45 reports of patient infection, and 159 reports of device contamination tied to inadequate reprocessing of duodenoscope. So inadequate reprocessing of duodenoscope, that's like you're getting a dirty dish on your, at the restaurant, and they say, oh, this is due to inadequate reprocessing of plates. They didn't wash the plates. It's the same with the duodenoscope. Oh, they didn't wash it. They didn't get it clean. 
and used in procedures involving the pancreas and bile ducts, the agency said. So used in procedures, that means these machine, these e- pieces of equipment put inside people's bodies were reused from person to person without adequate cleaning. In other words, they didn't get them clean. And, you know, people tell you, oh, you know, you shouldn't have unprotected intercourse or sex because when you have sex with that person, you're having sex with every person they ever had sex with. Well, how about when a doctor uses a duodenoscope, you're receiving the bacteria from every person that scope was ever used on. Think about that. So the FDA also released interim results from post-market studies. Now, I just want to say, by the way, this is higher than the death rate from Ebola, just, just saying. Higher than the death rate and the infection rate from Ebola. Again, we hear nothing about this, but that's okay. We can't cover everything on the 6 o'clock news. So the FDA also released interim results from post-market studies by device makers, showing contamination rates in the scopes were significantly higher than previously thought. In other words, it's, it's getting worse. The problem's getting worse. 5.4% of all samples tested positive for high-concern bacteria, more often associated with diseases such as E. coli or staph, versus 3% reported previously. So in other words, it's uh, almost doubled if you're talking about relative risk. Another 3.6% of samples tested positive for low-concern bacteria in the latest data. But whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let's back up. So in other words, 9% of all scopes used were contaminated. They were not clean. They were contaminated. They had literally feces residue on them, but low concern in 3.6% of case and high concern in 5.4% of case. Now, you would probably agree with me that someone putting a tube up your butt or down your mouth that has been used in someone else and still has their mm, biological matter on it is a concern no matter what the biological matter is. It's like eating someone else's puke, you know? Who wants it? So the manufacturers, we don't even need to name names, have not complied with agreed-upon timetables for completing the post-market studies. And so they says, hey, you guys, you got you to gotta at least tabulate the complaints that you get. You've got to at least do some follow-up on how dangerous is this or what the problem is because we know people are dying and we know that our death count is low because people will get the study done at hospital A and then they'll go to hospital C or D get their for the infection to be treated and die and not realize that two, the procedure they got at hospital A caused the infection which led to death at hospital B. And so this three deaths in you know, the in the case of five months is a serious underestimate. The FDA says, wait, we, we think that uh, there's an underestimate here, so would you guys please count? The companies involved have even refused to do a count. Why? I don't know. Because it's not like the FDA is going to, you know, fine anybody or take any product off the market. <laughs> so, Manufacturers refuse to even keep track and count what happens with the colonoscopes after they're sold. So the FDA 
was prompted then to threaten additional action, not 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 take additional action, excuse me, threaten additional action. All right, just want to make it clear, okay? On top of warning letters issued a year ago. So a year ago, they issued warning letters. Years passed, nothing's happened, nothing's happened. And the companies have even said, you know what, we're not even going to look at it, we're not even going to count the complaints we get, we're not even going to ask people how things are going, just, you know, forget it. And so they even try to educate you as to what a colonoscope is. And this is a, not a colonoscope, this is a duodenoscope. These are flexible, lighted devices used in minimally invasive procedures. In other words, your doctor's going to tell you, he's going to say, this is a minimally invasive procedure. He's not going to say it's minimally invasive, but deadly. No, 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 no. Minimally invasive lets the patient think, oh, this is not general surgery. I have nothing to worry about. Oh, this is really safe. There's, there's not really a big anesthesia risk. Oh, oh okay. Let's take a look. Just <laughs> used to diagnose and treat conditions of the pancreas and bile duct. The scopes are difficult to clean. Difficult to clean because they contain many small working parts. Imagine you have an engine and someone has to take apart the engine clean it and put it back together such that at the end of the process there's no detectable bacteria that can infect the person who plans to eat their dinner on top of the engine let's say because actually your dinner does go through your duodenum your intestines well first of all that person would need to be fairly skilled right they have to take the motor apart put it back together and at the end of putting it back together they have to do it in such a way that, well, the engine's still usable. So this is a pretty high-skill uh, task, almost for a technician, when you think about it. So I was in medical school, 1979 to 83. <laughs> and I was doing, they call them rotations, when you kind of shadow uh, a doctor. This guy was a gastroenterologist. And I was really excited because we were doing um, colonoscopies, which is the same scope or similar procedure, but the scope goes up the butt instead of down the mouth, all right? Same thing, same uh, possibility for contamination. So he has a scope, which I can see has a lot of movable parts that he's moving and buttons that he's pushing and all these things that he's doing to guide the scope and, and, and advance the scope, and we're seeing this and seeing that. And so we get through with the scope, he pulls it out, has a little bit of feces on it, but what do you expect? And the nurse takes the scope, and puts it in a bucket of liquid with about 10 other scopes. I said, oh, well, uh, that looks like the beginning of the cleaning process. What's the full cleaning process? And the doctor looked at me and said, well, they're going to let that soak for a couple hours, then they're going to put it in another bath, and then another, and then they're going to wipe it off. I said, well, where's the toothbrush? Where's the toothbrush where they get there and they scrub and scrub and scrub? I mean, hey, all I did was wash dishes at home and I gave it more attention than that, you know, when I was a teenager washing dishes. And I was shocked that uh, this was all they did.
As a listener of RBN, you're surely concerned about being informed and being ready for whatever may come. Please consider the following questionnaire as a soul-jarring wake-up call. If you answer no to more than two of these following questions, you probably aren't going to make it through any major disruption in our country. The questions were compiled by people that have been there. Are you really ready? Do you own your own firearm for the primary defense and protection of you and your loved ones? Have you ever been professionally trained to stand against life-threatening behavior? Have you ever practiced enough to fire 500 rounds during a two- to four-day time frame, day and night? Can you load, unload, fire, and clear a jam in total darkness? Have all the adults in your household been professionally trained? Are you, life and death, comfortable with your abilities with pistol, revolver, shotgun, and rifle? Are you aware that everything that you do to prepare for an emergency is a waste of time, money, and energy? If you haven't honed your abilities to their highest level to protect and keep what you have, do you have the repair parts that will most likely be needed for each of your firearm, and do you have the ability to install those parts? Could you completely clean every firearm you own? Are you aware that your body won't go where your mind hasn't been? In other words, without proper training, followed by regular practice, you probably will not win a gunfight. Well, how did you measure up? Take the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to start correcting your deficiencies by receiving your Commander Lifetime Membership with Front Sight Firearms Training Facility. A one-time donation to RBN for $500 will give you a Commander Lifetime Membership at Front Sight as a tremendously huge thank-you bonus. See details on RBN's webpage to make it happen. The clock is ticking. You had better be ready before it happens. Your public broadcasting network depends on listener support of our advertisers and of our sponsors. We'd like to especially thank all of you who have taken advantage of our fundraiser with FrontSight Bonus. Those who are now FrontSight members, please train as soon as possible for your sake and for that of our nation. And please consider sharing your training and what you've learned when you arrive home. Republic Broadcasting Network has to stop promoting this fundraiser on air and on the website in just a few days. Dr. Ignatius Piazza, president of FrontSight, made a gracious exception to his no-media rule for us at Republic Broadcasting Network. Thank you, Dr. Piazza. And once you've been to FrontSight, feel free to call your favorite host and share your experience on the air. We can continue this fundraiser without media help, but it'll be totally up to the listeners to spread the information. Please call Dan Sutterfield in Missouri at 573-465-2356, 573-465-2356. That's Hi, this is Dr. Daniels, and welcome back to Healing with Dr. Daniels. And we are talking about those pesky duodenoscopes and just how clean do they really get. So, I was relaying the uh, experience during medical school of doing an endoscopy with this senior doctor. I mean, this guy had gray hair and everything, overweight, you know, he had experience. And to see that they really 
didn't clean the duodenoscope. I mean, most people put more attention to cleaning their kitchen countertops. So I was alarmed. I said, well, well uh, how could it possibly be effective? He says, ah, let's go to lunch. There's nothing to it. Don't worry about it. You know, these procedures are procedures. And they've been researched and developed, and it's the standard of care. Don't worry. I said, well, okay. So, you know, here I was, uh, 22. I'd gone straight through high school, straight through college, now in medical school, with just almost zero exposure to the um, outside world. And this is why in medical school they are biased towards admitting people who have not taken any time off to, uh, from, from birth to medical school and have not left the educational system for any period of time at all. So, uh, let's see, here we are. So the, the process that I witnessed in uh, 1980, really hasn't changed a whole lot. The scope is put in one, they call it a bath, of soapy water with some kind of disinfectant. Not, okay. It's put in a second bath with some kind of disinfectant. Then maybe be a third bath and then wiped off. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So since I had worked with electron microscopes um, and just understanding that you have to slice a specimen really, really thin and that if you have something two, three, or even four cell layers thick, then the fixative solution you need might not get down to that cell that's four layers away. Similarly, when you just wipe off a duodenoscope, even though you might not visibly see it, there, there's poop. There's poop there and um, poop that might not be exposed to the uh, disinfectant solution. And as we can see, um, by their own count, at least 10% of all duodenoscopes are contaminated from the prior user after they're cleaned, then this is definitely the case. Now, the other thing you might say is, what about the training of the people who are cleaning these scopes? How much training do you need when you don't even have to take the scope apart? So the the training of the individuals doing the cleaning is is pretty much actually irrelevant. But the point is, you have something with movable parts, and you're not taking the thing apart and cleaning each one of those parts individually and then putting it back together. In fact, there's not even any physical get in there of the toothbrush kind of cleaning going on here. So in here they, they make it real clear, real clear. The scopes are difficult to clean because they contain many small working parts. If cleaning instructions are not followed carefully, tissue or fluid from one patient can remain in a duodenoscope and transfer infection to another patient, FDA said. Now, Let's be clear, even if the cleaning instructions are followed carefully, tissue or fluid from one patient can remain on a scope and transfer infection to another patient. So the latest medical device reports detailing infections and deaths tied to duodenoscope contamination are a setback for what seemed to be progress made over the past few years toward preventing patient infections, including those from multidrug-resistant bacteria. So now when you go to the hospital, the procedure itself becomes a source of contamination. And all the hand-washing in the world 
is not going to help that because the contamination, the infectious agent, is actually on the device itself that the doctor is inserting into your body. This is something, by the way, your doctor has no control over. I mean, he's not the one cleaning the scopes. He didn't make the scopes. He didn't design the cleaning process. He's just... He's just the agent of death. That's all. So the agency said its analysis indicated that reports of infections peaked in 2015 at 250 and declined by 60% to fewer than 100 per year in 2017 and 2018. And so safety measures implemented since 2015 designed to reduce contamination levels so as to close to zero as possible have yielded improvements. Now again, as close to zero as possible, what they are admitting here is even when cleaning procedures are followed, there is still contamination. So, and the FDA said three deaths from bacteria infections tied to the devices are three deaths too many. Now, this is not just three deaths. This is three deaths in five months. And we are going to commercial, and we will be back. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Tired of being lied to by mass media? It's growing more and more apparent today that news is received less and less through standard media outlets. Even with a growing audience every day, RBN is beginning to direct more efforts into social media. Social media and the use of the Internet is fast becoming the primary source of people for news, regardless of demographic. RBN has set out to provide some of the best news on the Internet through republicbroadcasting.org and also has begun to use the tools to our advantage by way of social media. Republic Broadcasting is now operating a Facebook page to function as yet another avenue to have our collective voice reach new audiences across not only America, but across the globe as well. The Facebook page features not only news, but also an RBN player to listen to our broadcast. Get involved by visiting facebook.com slash republic broadcasting and liking our page and share it with your friends and family because you can handle the truth. Many people write us about their experience with Extendivite. Allow me to read you some from Amazon.com. It really does work like the review says it does. I cannot believe that after the first few days, I didn't feel as sluggish or clogged up. It has had a profound impact on my physical, emotional well-being. I'm skeptical as most people about products and their claims, and I never write reviews. But this is a wonderful product, and I recommend it to everyone. Great product. It has brought my blood pressure from the mid-150s over the 80s to the mid-130s over mid-80s. Along with diet and exercise in just the past couple of months. Excellent. Thank you, David. Tell us your story. Get Extendivite today. Call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extendivite. 
Folks, this is very important information. What's to be said about CBD? AncientLifeOil.com. Our CBD is made from hemp and has 0.003 THC, which means this wonderful product won't get you high. No matter what amount you take, what does CBD do for the body? My hands are tied. But you can Google CBD benefits and be astounded. When you're finished reading, you'll want to log on to AncientLifeOil.com. That's AncientLifeOil.com and purchase. Life is good when you feel good. People are tired of pain. People are asking for non-GMO organic products to help them with, (laughs) you fill in the blank. Legal in 49 states, and again, our CBD is made from hemp. Ancient Life Oil is about helping people one by one by one. If you wonder how good the product is, the CEO takes it every day without miss. AncientLifeOil.com. That's AncientLifeOil.com. Have a great day. Give such delight We all leave before morning Hi, this is Dr. Daniel and listening to you Dr. Daniel. Yep. And so today's topic, we are talking about those pesky endoscopes and just how dangerous they really are. So you know, we got something that's more deaths than Ebola. Uh, certainly more deaths than Zika, and more infections even than Zika. And uh, we just somehow, it's under the radar. But that's okay. It just bees that way sometimes. So the, so this is, this uh, thing I'm reading was published. I'll see if we can get a date on it. 2019. However, now, interim results from those studies have come back with contamination levels that are even higher. At that time, the FDA said the contamination rate was far higher than the assumption of less than 0.4% on which culturing trials were designed. Also, in December, the U.S. Justice Department announced that a company, former senior executive, pleaded guilty for not reporting adverse events related to duodenoscope infections. So in other words, the companies actually have this data. They actually have infectious data that is being reported to them, and they're not passing this data on to the government. So the company was fined $80 million plus an additional $5 million in criminal forfeiture based on a plea agreement. Can you imagine? The government said, give us $5 million, call it a bribe, and we won't, we won't file any criminal charges. We've got a few deaths here, a bunch of infections, lives ruined, but hey, pay us $5 million bucks and you're good. You know, in other circles, that might be considered a bribe. And it's in plain, plain view, right? The public says, oh, yeah, the government penalized that company. No, they didn't. They took a $5 million bribe in order to not lock anybody up. And so business as usual could continue. I think as long as you're going to do this, and like, hey, who, who am I to criticize? The companies just need to have a designated go-to-jail person, right? So every time the government commits a crime, boom, that person has to go to jail. And then they get another go-to-jail person, and boom, and the company can compensate that person however they wish. So with its release of the interim post-market data, FDA also signaled its impatience with the duodenoscope makers for failing to comply with timelines for completing the post-market studies. 
Warning letters were issued in March 2018 to three companies for failing to meet their study commitments. If the companies continue to fail to adequately respond to our concerns, the FDA will take additional action. Again, just what they said, a threat. So the FDA is looking at other ways to reduce contamination risks as well that include recommendations to healthcare facilities for high-level disinfection of duodenoscopes and supplemental measures such as sterilization. What? You mean they're not sterilizing the scopes? <gasps> and so I asked about that. I said, well, uh, but can't you just put it, you know, scrub it and put it in the autoclave to sterilize? Like, Jennifer, please, we can't do that. The components and fiber optics in the scope are too delicate for that. Can't do it. <laughs> so um, the FDA is looking at sterilization, but sterilization, again, from my understanding and what I was taught in medical school, which may or may not be true, would actually ruin the devices. And sterilization also may not solve the problem, Right. Because if you're not even scrubbing the poo out from the crevices, is sterilization going to penetrate through to the poo long enough to, to get the desired result? For example, if you have a duodenoscope and it's got lots of deep crevices, the temperature in the center of that duodenoscope, which is, which is pretty thick in terms of the handheld portion, um, may not reach the high enough desired temperature for the length of time needed to create sterilization, just saying. And the agency is also working with manufacturers to develop easier-to-clean duodenoscope designs and on-disposable versions. Now, to get this really in perspective, a lot of people have uh, a smartphone. Like, I have a smartphone, smartphone, yep, okay. Imagine sterilizing your smartphone. The duodenoscopes, they have screens, they have pictures, they transmit uh, information, uh, to a screen in the room. There's a lot of delicate electronics there. So imagine if your telephone were put through sterilization procedures. Yeah. <laughs> and the FDA says, we would like to see strong evidence that proper cleaning and reprocessing can virtually eliminate bacteria residue that can spread infections. In other words, we would like to see strong evidence that proper cleaning can eliminate bacteria. They now know the present cleaning methods simply don't. Currently, that evidence is lacking, and we're considering what additional regulatory aid action might be necessary. <laughs> the agency says it is consulting with the CDC and prevention and other federal partners for guidance on infection control reprocessing of the wandoscopes. And on May 16th to 17th, FDA plans to discuss this issue at a meeting of the Health Infection Control Practices Advisory Committee to seek input on improving the safety of, re of reprocessing devices. So they're having meetings. They're having meetings while doctors continue every day to do endoscopies and to explain to people, oh, this is nothing, um, this is just a test and not a problem. So this was published April 15th, 2019. This was published this year, 2019. And so there is at present no restriction on the use of these devices, whatever. And doctors still recommend these tests. So if you get the test, you could die. Well, it kind of begs the question, right? Uh, what are these tests detecting? You know, what, what, what's going on here? And the answer is 
they are detecting uh, pancreas issues. You can detect any pancreas issue you want to with other tests that are safer, like CT scan or MRI. Bile duct and gallbladder issues, a simple ultrasound can do that. And tumors, but wait, bile duct tumors, universally deadly, no effective therapy, right? So what's the big rush in diagnosing it? Um, and stones, again, they can be diagnosed by ultrasound. And so really, there's not a diagnostic niche in the market that this particular device fills. So any condition you're trying to evaluate or diagnose using this device, you can diagnose with another device. Um, if you think the, gall, the bile ducts are blocked, hey, Check the urine. There'll be bile in the urine. Hey, look at the eyeball. The person will be yellow. So this is, um, there's not a compelling reason to even have this device on the market. So the FDA says it's deadly. It should be stopped, but not, not, not just yet. <laughs> and I have encountered so many people who have told me, well, Dr. Jones, my, my doctor wants to take a scope and look down there like, So what is a person to do? Well, first of all, realize that the test is deadly. And even if you don't die, there's a pretty high infection rate. 10% chance the scope possibly shoved up your butt or down your throat is contaminated from the last person. It's still contaminated. Um, and a lot of people would not eat anyone else's puke or vomit. They would not eat anyone else's feces, but they would allow this type of test to be done to them. And because the whole discussion does not take place in English, this idea is not conveyed. So instead of the doctor saying, hey, you want to eat the vomit from the last person? He says, let's put this tube down your throat and uh, don't worry about it. Uh, we'll see if we find anything interesting. So, it is a situation where the actual test is presented in um, obfuscating language. That means confusing and, la and language that conceals or hides the meaning. Yeah, obfuscating, uh, good word to know. Terms of the patient, even though he's told doesn't get the gist of this. And then, of course, there's a perception. Well, why would my doctor recommend something that would be so dangerous? And the answer, of course, is, well, that's his job. <laughs> his job. And some people drive a truck for a living, and some people recommend deadless, deadly, dangerous stuff. I mean, it's just his job. So what is a person to do? The first thing to understand is whatever the scope might diagnose is A, can be diagnosed by other means, or B, there's no treatment for it anyway. So the benefit from having this particular test is, is not clear. It's, it's totally unclear. So understanding then that there's no benefit, I can say, well, what do I do instead? Well, something's useless. There's no need to do anything instead because the thing you're going to do wasn't going to help anyway. So it's not like you're replacing a lost benefit. 
All right. So let's be really clear about that. <laughs> it's like Nancy Reagan would say, just say no. <laughs> now, so what does this tell you about the FDA? I'm like, oh, the FDA is corrupt. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. FDA, is, I don't, I do, I personally might be naive, but I don't think the FDA is corrupt. I think the FDA is doing its job. I think they are doing exactly what they are designed to do. However, that begs the question, what are they designed to do? Well, they're designed uh, to give a false sense of security to individuals who rely on their certification. They are designed to get you to say yes to stuff that, I mean, no competent adult would say yes to, uh, you know, once they had the information. And so what happens when, when you see, oh, FDA approved, you're like, oh, I don't need to look any further. The FDA is checked. Uh, it's been certified on my behalf. I, I, I can just suspend my own judgment, suspend my own reasoning. And that's absolutely not the case. Relying on the FDA to say something is safe and effective is like re- relying on a Ouija board. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. But it's certainly not uh, reliable, consistent, or scientific. So, you know, the real takeaway message is not to base your perception of safety or your perception of uh, whether something is okay or not on what the FDA says or doesn't say. You can pretty much just ignore what they say and base your decision, whatever it might be, on other other available information. So... The fact that something has the FDA seal of approval does not mean that you don't need to do your own due diligence, your own investigation. So that's really the take-home message is that, as I say, it's on you. <laughs> it's on you. And due diligence might be just simply see if you have friends who had the procedure and, hey, how'd it go? Uh, for example, I just talked to a friend last night. I hadn't talked to her for a while. And she is 70, uh, 76 years old. All right. So the doctor just told her she has AFib, and he's recommending ablation. Now, her husband had AFib and died three years ago of the therapy. So he was telling the doctor, hey, I can't get therapy now. I can't do it now. I can't do it now. I, gotta, I got this I'm working on, that I'm working on, blah, this I'm doing. I can't do it now. Finally, he says, okay, okay, doc, I'm done. I got everything kind of settled here. Uh, I can go get the, get the surgery, and then, you know, I, I understand it's an eight-week recovery time, and I'll get back to my project. Well, he went in the hospital, had the, had the procedure, and was dead a week later. So she has one data point. <laughs> a uh, friend of hers got ablation. Now, her husband did not get ablation. It was another procedure, but related to AFib. So a friend got ablation and uh, did just fine. It's, it's been about, mm, I think, a month or two. But I point out to her, um, an ineffective procedure is going to be appear effective 30% of the time because that's the effectiveness of placebo. That's the effectiveness of believing. So I said, look, all you need to do then, if you believe, is go to church, pay 50 cents, last time I checked, 50 cents, it might be a dollar now, and light a candle. And that candle is going to symbolize your cure. And just do that and skip the whole, you know, ablation, drug, pacemaker, blah, blah, blah process. And then she confided in me that she had changed her diet and hadn't had a single AFib episode for six weeks. 
but she cheated on her diet the other day and then had an episode. I said, well, there you have it. Just uh, you know, work a little harder on your diet. You're good to go. So that's another example of another procedure, uh, atrial fibrillation and ablation, for example, where the FDA and doctors have said, it's no better than placebo, but is it still being offered? Yes. Is it still being done? Yes. So you have to realize that there is not a committee of the knowing and concerned that's out there uh, looking out for your better interests. In other words, no one's got your back. <laughs> Nobody out there. You are it. If you say yes, then hey, you say yes. If you say no, then hey, answer's no. But the idea that uh, there's some benevolent agency out there uh, or Santa Claus that's counting things and checking it twice uh, is just not the case. So if Ebola is such a bad thing, or something that kills maybe two Americans a year, then why wouldn't something like this that's clearly killing at least one a month be a matter of concern? And then, of course, you got to wonder, is insurance covering this or part of this? You have to wonder. So the only thing to do is, like I said, take Nancy Reagan's um, advice. Just say no. Just say no. But, Doc, what else should I do? I don't know, play tiddlywinks, drink an extra glass of water, chew on some fennel seed. Um, you know, depending on what it was that prompted the doctor to recommend an endoscopy. And so it's very important then to realize that you are the final word and that the assurance or um, stamp from an agency of the government, whatever agency it might be, is absolutely no assurance that something is safe or effective or appropriate for you. So you have to uh, you have to decide. All right, that is pretty much it. We are going to commercial, and we'll see you back. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not or know if you are 
paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. Without the right accessories, any guy can be off the mark. Whether you've invested thousands in your arsenal or you own a single trusted firearm, a visit to aroutfitting.com is in order. It's one of the finest online selections of tactical optics and AR parts and add-ons, like EOTech, quick target acquisition with no peripheral loss. Browse the full range of Nikon scopes and binoculars. aroutfitting.com can illuminate your world with streamlight gun-mounted lights from keychain to large handhelds up to 1,100 lumens. Find some stability with Battenfield Tactical Bipods. AirOutfitting.com has CMMG gun parts, barrels, assemblies, handguards, part kits, and more. Plus magful clips and magazines. I know I've got you excited, so take a breath. Head to AirOutfitting.com. The site's super easy to navigate and features a ton of technical info, including links to manuals. We also welcome vendor and manufacturer inquiries. Remember, if you don't see it, we can get it at AirOutfitting.com. It's happening, ladies and gentlemen. We here at RBN are working with Front Sight Firearms Training Institute to bring our audience the best in combat, tactical, and defensive firearms training. Whether you're a private citizen who is new to firearms or you have a concealed weapon permit and want a level of trading that surpasses what you've received from your local gun range, Front Sight provides priceless education and skills taught by seasoned law enforcement, military, and private citizen instructors to levels that far exceed law enforcement and military standard. With nearly a million responsible citizens trained from every town, city, and state from across the United States, Front Sight has bolstered the Patriot movement to a whole new level. Contact Dan Sutterfield by phone at 573-762-2356 or 573-465-2356 or shoot him an email at domedan, D-O-M-E-D-A-N at hotmail.com. This is a limited time opportunity. Don't miss it. Hi, this is Zach Nance. Welcome back to the Thought I was back already. Sorry. So what we were saying then, uh, for those of you listening on RBN, is that the thing to understand is the approval of the FDA or any other government agency for that matter is no substitute for your own judgment. It is no guarantee that anything is indeed safe or effective. Certainly not safe. We have here a test, not even a drug, a test, um, that's killing more or less one American every month, uh, which is a higher death rate than Ebola or Zika. And uh, not only do we hear nothing about it, but it's an ongoing issue the FDA is aware of it and is not taking what would be an obvious action, which is just like, hey, stop using this, stop doing this. And so um, the British Medical Journal has come up with a bright idea, is uh, disposable duodenoscopes. And so they're saying at what cost and what they're saying is the cost of one individual duodenoscope is $35,000. And so the question is, can a less expensive version be developed? 
And what the FDA has accepted for an answer is it is not presently available. We are working on it, and we haven't got there yet. But right now, with these reusable duodenoscopes, it only costs $70 per exam in terms of the cost of the duodenoscope. Now you have the doctor's time, the space in the facility, um, the cleaning process, which is somewhat effective. <laughs> somewhat. <laughs> so. <laughs> so there appears to be at the moment, though, no uh, serious um, solution out there. In other words, it's just a matter of uh, continue, continue as you were. Julie says, Julie Garcia, everything she's saying is true. I worked in infection control at a hospital for years and saw this firsthand. Exactly. And of course, the problem is that most people are not aware of this. And they have this uh, false sense that maybe the scope is being used only on them, maybe the scope is not contaminated, uh, and, or even worse, that the procedure itself is not deadly. And obviously, the death just from the scope infection is running about one person per month in the United States. And corresponding to that one person per month that dies, there are quite a few who are infected but don't die and maybe have their lives just really ruined uh, forever. And so the thing to do is to just say no. Okay, so Terry says, what do you think of the nose-to-tail carnivore diets? The carnivore YouTube hosts have some convincing arguments that you can get all the nutrients you need from eating animals nose-to-tail, and fiber is actually not necessary or helpful. What do you think? All right. So first of all, let's just say nutritionally the diet is complete. I don't need to argue that. I saw you there, just standing there. First of all, you need to try to of water. I thought I was only dreaming, yeah. So, hey, okay, you need to uh, improve your water intake. You're just kind of sick. You said you would come and dance with me. Dance with me across the sea. We can feel emotion. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? 
Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. This is RBN. RBN. 